Good day. Welcome back to the Cox Talks podcast. I, of course, am your host, Trevor Cox. Listen, I get it. Fuck, okay? We're a little bit late. All right? Relax. Listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm a busy guy. Truth be told, I had a, uh, I had an interview done, and it was recorded and everything, and there were some issues with the recording, so we had to go back and do it again. So it just took a little bit of time to get met up with everybody, get caught up, and get sat back down as uh, there was three of us, three's a party, and, uh, and get it banged out again. So uh, here we are. We're finally, uh, finally ready for production. We're finally dropping this episode, and I think it should be a good one. As always, questions, comments, concerns, dilemmas, please, by all means, reach out to me at the Cox Talks Podcast on Instagram, or uh, if you have my if you have my um, if you have my personal contact information, you can always get a hold of me there as well. So today's episode, bit of a longer one, longer episode, uh, which is okay. These things happen from time to time. Hopefully it doesn't get too boring. But what we did this time around was, uh, you know what, we turned the tables. We turned the tables around. And I was the one that got interviewed. So I picked a couple of my good buddies, Kevin George and Derek Linden. And upon request from some other listeners, Derek had actually brought it up to me before too, but there's been, uh, there's been some requests out there to have myself interviewed. Now, with it being my show, I was able to put a few boundaries on the questions that they asked me. As I say, this is a family show. Um, and there's people that listen to this podcast that I wish wouldn't, but they do. And I can't stop them from listening to it. So... We had to kind of keep it uh, PG, for lack of a better term. I think we did a pretty good job. I think it was a pretty good episode uh, myself. So listen, longer episode, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, today's guest, me, coming at you. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Cox Talks podcast here. As you can tell, uh, we've changed things up a bit, as I am not old coxie boy um what we're doing today we've we've assembled a couple of coxies best best looking friends hold on Um, hold on can you can you maybe just state who the fuck you are oh i'm kevin george previously (laughs) mentioned on a podcast episode lindy first timer here Derek linden lindy hey everybody thanks for having me coxie no problem you guys you guys are the hosts today you guys are the hosts so what we're doing today is we're interviewing Coxie. A um, lot of questions went unanswered in all the first episodes. A lot of people want to know. So uh, we're, we're going to try and find out a couple answers here today. So well, Coxie. Yes. As, as we get into it here, uh, why don't you tell the fans who we are and how you know us? Well, uh, I'll start with you, Kevin, just because you apparently are the fucking host this time around. Till Lindy gets a couple glasses of wine into him, and then it's just going to be you two scream, yelling at each other to see, you know, who can yell louder. My uh, mic louder, for the record. <laughs> Kevin, I've known Kevin since I don't know, fuck what, Kevin, you were eight years old, nine, ten, maybe. And I used to uh, sharpen skates in the Oxbridge Arena pro shop. And you and your little brother, Ronnie, who is my least favorite member of the George family now. Back then, he was my favorite, but. You you and you two fucking idiots used to come in and I'd pay you guys like two bucks to sweep the fucking pro shop floor or something while I went and tried to diddle the girls at the snack bar or whatever the fuck was going on. But uh, your little brother, Ronnie, there, he used to sit on the stool and work cash for me while you were sweeping up in the back room. So 
You know, it was back then, Kevin, I realized that you were the hardest working member of the George family. So I decided to hitch my wagon to your fame. And uh, that's how we got to know each other. And Derek, I mean, Derek was just, you know, I got to know Derek, oh, roughly 20 years ago. Young stud hockey player coming up from the greater Ajax Pickering area. Decked out in his fucking his FUBU and his Anichi fucking Rockaware clothes. <laughs> like right up out of the city, coming to the country to play a little junior C hockey. And, you know, a young kid full of piss and vinegar right off the hop. You could just see. And, um, you know, I never really thought I'd be that good of friends with Lindy until one time we uh, we may or may not have fucking robbed a grow up with my Sunfire GT as the getaway car. But, uh, you know, once once we went through that together, I knew we'd be bros for life. Love it, Coxie. Love it. Yeah. Those yeah. were, some good, those were uh... some good days. I, I often say that that was my favorite year of hockey. That uh, that year, the experts were, and we had quite, we had quite a run. We had a good run. We had a lot of good times, and um, it's too bad things have changed because uh, I, while well, I still coach the team now, and I wish some of these kids could go through and have the freedom of the things that we went through and had the freedom to do when we were young lads back in the day. Without getting into detail, like. What is the difference in, in in your opinion between you know twenty years ago what junior hockey was like and and now camera Holy. phone camera phones yeah, I was say, the, the news the internet like like it's, it's no it's True. literally it's literally fucked up like the hockey world was always a small world right but now it's even smaller with camera phones social media things like that like the things we used to go out and do at a party or on a back road or wherever you just fuck you just can't do it now and with cancel culture i mean you just that's the biggest thing it's just social media and camera phones has really fucked it for the hockey players of today in my opinion well what about the players themselves would you say the players themselves are as tough mentally and physically as the players back when you guys played not even fucking close they they're not okay today's hockey player not even close to being as mentally tough as we were back yeah. in the day, but physically tough. Oh, oh fuck. Just ask them how tough they are. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you. Now, what I will say is I think today's hockey player is a lot more skilled than we yeah. ever were, but sure. you, but I'll tell you what you put, you put our generation of hockey player, in a series, a seven-game fucking series with today's hockey player, we take them in four, maybe five games easily because we're just going to – we'll just physically beat the wheels off them, and we will we will fuck their shit up with psychological warfare. <laughs> they might not even show up to game four and five because cause we – because well, and we all play men's league together, and we I don't know if we're going to get into that later or not, but – our psychological warfare as a men's league team is the same as it was when we were all 17, 18, 19 years old playing hockey together. And I'll tell you for free, kids today could not handle our psychological warfare. Not even fucking close. But we do see it somewhat today. Like we play against teams, guys, young 20s, right? Early 20s, fresh out of junior, probably played college somewhere. And, you know, think we're going to get walked all over and don't. But oh, I mean, yeah. like, it's... 
they, they don't have a fun time playing against us. That's for sure. No, they don't. And you said it like they come out and they think they're going to walk all over us. And, you know, we might spot them a four goal lead in the, in the fucking championship game. It's well, we're we're going to make a fucking game out of it. That's for sure. And if a couple guys got to get kicked out in back-to-back championships games to light the spark, that's what we got to do. Cause the mud muckers play the more penalties we take, the better we fucking play. And that is a scientific fact. So, so it just as, since we're on that topic, what is your issue with championship games? Like, can you not handle the pressure? So you just bow out by yelling at the ref? No, that ref was a fucking cocksucker <laughs> in both games. And I thought they should know it. And, you know, I don't know why referees get so sensitive towards fucking death threats. Okay. Like tell, <laughs> telling a referee that you're going to T-bone him in his fucking car out on his way out of the parking lot. I don't think justifies getting, getting a game ejection. Well, I think and, he took it a little too seriously just off the top here. I'd like kind of what I thought too. I'd be calling your bluff on that for sure. And the other guy, I mean, I mean, just make the call. It's men's league hockey. We play a lot of money to play in that stupid fucking league. Just make the fucking call. Make the right call, and I won't get so fired up. Period. Do you think we've wrecked it for ourselves for the mud muckers moving forward in the ASHL Oshawa? No, no, I do not because. Nobody spends as much money in the dressing room since they sell since they bring beer right to the dressing room to sell now. Nobody spends nobody fucking drops a hundred dollars in the dressing room and then proceeds to go upstairs to the bar and drop three to four hundred dollars. So that the five hundred dollar night total as a team, not fucking each individual, but as a team, we drop five hundred dollars a night at the fucking arena. How can they get rid of us? We're the only fucking team that does that. I swear we keep that bar in fucking business. Well, yeah, you can tell when we have, if there's six waitresses working, we've got five serving our table and the one gets the rest of the restaurant. Well, I mean, Jen and Tiffany and the girls, they just oh. fucking, they love it when the boys wheel up Do you up think there. they listen? Do you think they're going to be? Uh... <laughs> None of them listen to this podcast. No. <laughs> if, if I had to choose one, it'd be Jen. She might listen. Well, yeah, for sure. But as a host, Kevin, I want to just throw or that give you a little tip there. Since we've brought up like the mud muckers and Jen and Tim, you might just want to give some background information into what we're talking about here, so the listeners know. You know, well, you kind of jumped into we kind of jumped into it with both. Yeah, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head there with kind of if someone followed along, may need some notes, little diagram to follow along, but. uh, yeah, we play in the ASHL on Sunday, or on, uh, what do we play now? Thursdays we moved to, um, in Oshawa on Thursdays, and with, in the A division, because the Muckers, they may be old, but they still play some good hockey, as it was mentioned. Um, so we, every Thursday night, we're in there, um, spending money, winning games, clearly getting kicked out of games, Trevor, a couple death threats along the way, and then we head up <laughs> to the old, uh, the old Wild Wing upstairs, where... It's fair to say we are fan favorites up in up in Wild Wing, whether it's because of the tips or somebody yelling something inappropriate at them. People seem to tag along with us uh, Thursday nights after the game. <laughs> so now that we're on there, um, Trevor, just quickly, the Mudmuckers uh, little traditions there. What's your favorite one? Because we've developed a few over the years. Fuck the red wine in the dressing room. Like, <laughs> there's the thing. You watch like you watch the Mudmuckers play a hockey game and you think 
you would think we're all hopped up on fucking cocaine and drugs and whatever, just because we're a bunch of psychopaths out there. And then we go in, you know, win or lose, you do the booze. But we got to be the only men's league team in the world that fucking pops a couple bottles of red wine after a game. Like, it's fucked. I've never seen anything like it. I don't even really know how it started, but it's it's it has now escalated too to where we all have our own cup. We all we all carry our own cup in our hockey bag, and it's like, you know, most teams have a beer guy. No, no, the fucking mudmuckers. We have a wine guy. Who's bringing yeah. the wine tonight? But but having said that, there is a beer guy too, though. There's a beer guy too. I was gonna say, he just works in the building, and uh, he or she works in the building and comes down afterwards. But it's also to to jump on that too, Kevin. Like it's it's also like um, it's more of a wine corner. Like not everybody in the room indulges in the red wine. I would say just the most you know distinguished, refined players on our team dip into the red wine. So so you mentioned everyone has their own cups. There's got to be six maybe eight guys own cup how many total cup washes do you think between six and eight cups oh how fuck. many times have any of those been washed and what you know kind what? of cups are they i was thinking about this the other day so i guess our goalie juice he got them off amazon they're just like um i don't even know what you call rubber. them but they're they're rubber. rubber but um there's a name for that stock not rubber like you know what i mean it's like um not like a high ball or not a um, and it doesn't matter, but I was thinking about this the other day because when, when, when did we get put out of the playoffs? April something. Yeah. I, I literally just took my hockey equipment out of the back of my truck. Didn't I like, I went to load the truck for this to go see doing the other day. And I'm like, Oh, the fucking hockey bag's still in there. Probably Pulled it out, opened it up. Oh my God. Did it fucking stink? Ooh, it was tough, tough going there for a bit. And you pulled the and you pulled the wine cup out, the wine uh, the wine cup, and first time you washed it, didn't wash it. It's still, <laughs> no, it's still yet. in the bottom of the hockey bag. I was gonna say, is it sitting on your front porch or still in the bag? No, it's still in the bag. Still in the That's bag. why it's so good. Might be an added flavor. Well, it's like you know, it's like like bowling alleys never wash their fucking grill. Right, and that's why their burgers are so good because you get the flavor in there, right? Or the shoes. That's why the athlete's foot hits you so hard. <laughs> Which is why you sometimes you can't shower because you get athlete's foot. Why did you go with a bowling alley there? For the record, uh, no cooking burgers. That's interesting. Well, you ever had a burger at a bowling alley? Yeah, that's no, okay. I don't think so. I didn't spend nope. a lot of time at bowling. Fucking. Well, listen. Oxford is a big bowling alley town. All town thing, eh? It's um, man, it's fuck. It's an unwritten rule. You get really good burgers out of fucking bowling alley. Like the, it's like it's like bowling alleys are still very mom and pop, yeah, type places, right? Where's the best place to get a meal? A mom and pop shop. So fucking naturally, and the people that go to bowling alleys love fucking cheeseburgers. So yeah, true. I just always thought you get a fucking good burger out of bowling alley. I'm telling you, man, test the theory. You're gonna love it. Is this a Trevor Cox theory or is this uh, I've, I've, more to this? Does, does the listener base agree with you? You know your listeners. Are, if you put a Cox Talks vote out there, what do you think that is? I've never tested this theory on the Cox Talks <laughs> podcast, but I'm quite certain that I'll get some feedback based on this conversation that bowling alleys have no fucking have we good. Did. 
Good burgers out of bowling alley. And Kevin's right, good chicken fingers too. I was just gonna say, I'm more I'm thinking more chicken fingers because lots of people in the bowling alley are ten yeah. and under. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, I'll tell you what. Coxie. <laughs> Lindy, Lindy, next time you're at a fucking bowling alley with I'm gonna kids, have to go with the burger. Order up a burger you know and what? just think- honestly tell me what you think. You're get listen, you're not gonna be disappointed. Is this the new Boston Cream review here on the Cox Talks podcast? Oh, the Bowling just, Alley Burgers. Just go from Bowling Alley to Bowling Alley, testing out the burgers. <laughs> Quick ten frames of fucking five pin and a cheeseburger, oh, and call it a day. <laughs> Next episode live from the Bowling Alley with a couple. Does burgers. that if I'm going to start doing this? Does that mean I have to get my own bowling ball, like fucking yeah, bigger, bigger and McCracken? Hey. <laughs> What would you put in your bowling ball? That's like, a, yeah, a, a Boston cream, a Boston cream donut. <laughs> a hamburger? <laughs> uh, no, a Boston cream donut right in the middle of the fucking bowling ball. There you go. <laughs> what big yeah, urn? Big urn. He had what was it? A rose? I think he had in rose, his. Yeah. On oh, Kingpin, yeah. yeah, I'd get a boss, a Boston cream donut right in the middle of the fucking bowling ball. Do you, Do you still bowl, Trevor? You still find yourself at a bowling alley every now and again? Oh, I uh, stumbled into the bowling alley there uh, back in April. <laughs> me and uh, me and the goalie Juice, we'd been out at the bar. It was Uxbridge Men's League like wind up weekend, and we were at the bar till I don't know midnight, one o'clock, and they kicked us out because they wanted to close. And uh, the fuck, surprisingly, the bowling alley was the only place that was left open. So cheap beer. It's like it's all. Wait, yeah. here's another thing. Cheap beers, it's almost like drinking at the fucking Legion. Okay. Except you don't have to take your hat off. We went up. I think we bowled two or three games. Juice beat the fucking wheels off me. Sneaky good bowler. He seems like a bowler. But here's 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 the thing at a bowling alley with beers, though. You basically have three options. It's like, oh, sorry, four. You have like Export, Molson Canadian, Coors Light, or Labatt Blue. Like that, there's no other options for beer. So we smashed some fucking Molson Canadian bottles and juice beat the wheels off me and uh, called it a night. Called it a night. Sounds like a pretty good date night there, Trevor. Well, could be. Could, could be. be. My girlfriend could probably beat me at bowling, so I ain't taking her. Sounds like you're not very good. Might take her for a burger, though. Yeah. <laughs> and a quick little burger. At the restaurant there. Grabbing <laughs> burgers and watching. <laughs> Fuck. good stuff what else you guys got lindy you got anything or can we keep going here let's uh you're you're kind of on a roll here but yeah i don't know keep going let's go let's go i saw a funny tiktok video today trevor <laughs> just Did stumbling you? along tiktok actually i didn't really stumble upon it as more you thought it was funny and sent it to me um <laughs> so the video for the viewers who aren't aware of Trevor's TikTok page. Oh, um, what is here it here? Let, I'll pull it up here. The video started with somebody posting their video of, I guess it said, when I die, I want someone to take my phone and text all my buddies. And you basically said, fuck that. People have strict instructions when you die, all your electronics are going into Lake Ontario. True, yeah, Trevor, so yes. so like so you're asking me what, what, what happens that? what what happens to my stuff when I die? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. 
Well, basically, basically, we'll get we'll get in. Well, let's start with the electronics. Why why did we start this? Where are we going with it? That's a great question, Kevin, and I'm glad you asked. There is a committee out there, and they know who they are. I'm not going to name names, but there is a committee out there that that knows and has promised. And I th- I think it goes you know both ways here. If anything ever happened to them? But if anything ever happens to me, Kevin, suddenly. There is a committee of young fellas out there that the first thing they are to do is to either go to the hospital, the scene of the accident, my house, wherever, whatever, wherever it is. And they are essentially to push my better half, my mother, my father, whoever, whoever needs to be pushed, get them out of the way, seize my electronics, laptop, iPad, phone. And they are to get fucking rid of them. I don't like Lake Ontario was just an example. It's kind of what I prefer, but they have strict orders to get rid of my electronics. And furthermore, to piggyback off that, I may or may not have some of my old phones that are in an undisclosed location that (laughs) fuck. One guy on the, this committee, and I'm going to, Mike Boyce, Mike Boyce is like the leader of this committee. Boyce and I have been best friends forever. Only Mike will know where these phones are, and he is to go to these places or place where they may be hidden. And same thing, he's to disperse of them. Because I don't need people to see the fucking shit on my browser history or whatever. And people will say, oh, can't you just fucking clear your history on your phone? Like, well, yeah, you can. But, you know, maybe there's just some other stuff on there that I don't, people don't need to fucking know about. And believe it or not, I listen, you two are two of my good buddies. I trust you guys with my life, but there's just something about Mike Boyce that he's going to get the job done. Like yeah, I said, I would agree. Hey, he's, he's the guy to push the surgeon out of the way and grab the phone out of your pocket. Hey. That, exactly. <laughs> like he would march right into the fucking surgery room. Nope. Is he going to make it? Look, is he, he going to make it? Look. And even if I, even if the doctor said I was going to make it, Mike would still seize that. Like he would. Hey, he'd yeah. get a new phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy. So those, those are the orders. And, and, um, surprisingly too, um, as far as my financials go, Mike Boyce is everything goes to Mike Boyce. Everything is going to Mike Boyce. Not not necessarily for him to keep, but this is this goes back to the same thing. Like he will push the surgeon out of the way to get my bank account number. He is to take out all my financials and wipe my bank account clean. I don't want people to see where I've been spending money, what I've been spending it on, how often I might be spending it. Just fucking wipe it clean. He's the guy. Those are his fucking marching orders. I said, is this official? Is he named? Well, it's official now. It's not on paper, but if he he's gonna listen to this podcast and he's gonna oh for sure he's gonna figure it out. Yeah. I'm sure your better half's all right with Mike having power of attorney to your estate. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean you you two are probably gonna be a part of it too, but Mike's the lead guy. Mike's the point man on this operation. What are you leaving? What what are you leaving to certain people then, Trevor? Well, that's that's to be decided. To be what do we got? 
I don't have a lot. I got a lot of debt. You know, I'm probably going to leave all my farm equipment to, to Lindy, the aspiring farmer that he is. Love to. Big for farmer. Sure. Yeah. And Kevin, you can probably, you can have my sea I'll leave my sea to you. You'd good look idea. good on a sea That's more. Yeah. I was going to ask for Jamie's hot tub. You just throw that in there. Well, that's Jamie's hot tub, though. It's not mine. So it's nope. unfortunately, it stays with her. Tragic accident. You can just give that stuff away. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What kind of farm equipment are you, are you working with these days, Coxie? I mean, in the last 20 years since you've been home working on the farm, things have, things must have changed quite, uh, quite significantly. And if I know you, it is all the decisions and all the purchases have been in order to make your life easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what are some of the things that have changed significantly? Well, um, yeah, you're right. So as we've progressed with the farm, we've picked up a lot more acres. And um, as we've progressed with our age, my brother and I want to work fucking less and less. I mean, who doesn't, right? Yeah. Um, not looking for sympathy. I, I've always said I chose this profession, but I've been working on a regular basis, collecting a wage since I was fucking uh, nine years old. So I've been working like legit for 30 years. So as time has gone on, um, we've got more acres, we've got more cows. So we've invested in larger, bigger equipment to just get the fucking job done quicker. Do we need it? No, not necessarily. Do we want it? Yes. Why do we want it? Because exactly what I said, we would like to be more efficient in our farming operations so that we don't get too busy making a living that we forget to make a life. That's very inspiring, Trevor. But you know what I think parents your and your there. grandparents didn't quite pass on to you strong enough is that what they did for generations. If you want to work less as a farmer, you have kids. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel... <laughs> Oh, here we go again. No, if you had kids, Trevor, you wouldn't have to do all the work. No, you're right. If I had kids, I wouldn't have to do all the work. You're right. But it if I fuck, be, it has to be part of it. You, you got to think, right? Like, but if, but no, no, you guys are, you guys hit the nail on the head there. Let me tell you. But if I had kids, then I don't have any more free time. And I don't have very much free time as it is. Again, my choice to stick with this profession, would I get four days a month off? And this is maybe a selfish outlook on life, but I'm not sure that I want kids yet, Derek, because as I said, I don't get a lot of time off. And when I do get time off, I want to go and do whatever the fuck I want to do when I want to do it, where I want to do it with whom I want to do it. And uh, quite frankly, I feel like kids will just hold me back. But that's what kids do, Trevor. That's what they're there for. Well, I guess, but I don't <laughs> know. Because I don't... Hold you back. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the here's the other thing. If I don't have kids, okay, I don't, I don't, my brother has kids. I don't, at this point in, in my life or their lives, I don't see them getting involved in the farm. That's fine. Whatever. Teach their own. But what if I go and have kids now? It's pretty late to be having kids at my age. 
That means I just got to fucking work a lot longer to make sure that they're looked after if they decide to farm to make sure that they're set up for the future and this and that. That like so instead of retiring at like fucking 60 or 65, I'm in I'm in the grind to like 80. And at, who the fuck wants to do that? Kevin, who wants to work till they're fucking 80? Do you? No, I don't want to work tomorrow. Exactly my point. <laughs> so if I have kids, it's gonna this is just gonna fucking drag this out even longer. And I don't I'm not sure that's what I want at this point in my life. And you probably gotta get married first too, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marriage is yeah, yeah. Should probably, I mean, you know, me being the religious man that I am, gotta get married before you can have kids because you can't have sex before you get married. Right? Nope. That's a so, long time virgin, Trevor. Uh, it's third going on 39 years, man. What can I say? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the whole marriage thing. Fuck, you guys just want to drag me down that rabbit hole, eh? Um, <laughs> you know what would be interesting, though? I mean, nobody likes a good, you know, stag and doe like yourself. You like, you enjoy yourself at a wedding. What is a Trevor Cox wedding look like? Oh, fuck. Yeah, here. This is a good question. A Trevor Cox wedding is going to be very casual if and when it ever happens. Like you're talking about like, fuck, like wear your wear jeans and a collared shirt to the ceremony. I don't give a fuck. It's going to be open bar. It's going to be open. Yeah, it's going to be open bar. You guys can have a literally have a drink in your hand while the ceremony is happening. It's probably going to be like in a backyard or on a farm somewhere, somewhere chill, right? Like somewhere chill. Zephyr Hall, maybe. Zephyr Hall. <laughs> probably Sunderland Arena. Sunderland <laughs> Arena would be a good place. Yeah, yeah. Sunderland Arena. Um, going to be very chill. And as far as a meal goes, just we're just going to have like a fucking pig roast. A pig roast, like corn on the cob, bunch of salads. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some fucking... I don't know, something for dessert. Fucking 150 fucking Boston cream donuts for everybody. Oh, fuck. Count, count me in. And, uh, you know, it'll be one of those, you know, you you uh, you walk up and you grab your beer out of a water trough sort of thing, right? And there's going to probably going to be a lot of country music at the dance and probably a lot of just like classic rock and Bob Seger and Springsteen. And, and everybody's just going to get fucked up. There's going to be... You know, you guys are all going to get babysitters for your kids and, you know, maybe haul your mom and dad's fucking camper trailer up Parker in the hayfield for the night and just going to get after it. There's going to be a lot of booze. There's going to be a lot of laughs and there's going to be there's going to be. Um, oh, how do you put it? It's just it's just there's going to be no drama. There's going to be no stuffiness. You know what I mean? Like you want to take your fucking shirt off at my wedding? Take your shirt off. I don't give a fuck. Let's just, let's, I just, legit, legit, let's just have a fucking party. I'm going to show up without a shirt on then. I bet you won't. <laughs> there, fucking record it, get it down. I'll this is, it's actually, yeah, this is, this is. So now, yeah. That does I have, sound like a good time though, I got to say. I have and documentation, I Kevin. If I ever get married, you cannot wear a shirt to the you wedding. You know what, Trevor? If you ever get married, I will show up with no shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, okay. That's a deal. Yeah. A deal's a deal. If you fucking propose tomorrow, I'm fucking driving up there, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you got to worry about that. I don't have a ring yet, so can't can't propose without a fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> 
Perfect. It's probably been in your pocket for years. You just haven't found the right time. Haven't found a good used one on Kijiji to buy yet. Me being the <laughs> cheap farmer that I am. I got a nice one upstairs. You just got to wait for Britt to go to bed when she takes it off. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sounds like farming can be a bit of a love-hate for you there, Trevor, as well. And I know you had a pod there. You're a little bit in the dumps. You know, didn't, didn't, didn't bring in a guest or anything like that. So it's got to be a battle here. Not a lot of uh, time off. But if you did not go down the farming path, what path, what kind of career do you think you would have? You know, I thought I would have always made a good police officer. <laughs> I don't, don't fucking ask me why. There was actually one point in my life too, in high school. But um, I thought about being a teacher as well. And believe it or not, like a history and an English teacher, which if for those that know me or those that have gotten to know me over the podcast, everybody's like, what the fuck? But I, uh, I probably would have taken on, uh, yeah, some, something either, either, um, law enforcement or sales pretty. I like to think I'm a, I could, could be a pretty good salesman. Hey, the old Bible, the old Bible sales, salesman door to door. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a people person. I like to get out. I'm a little bit of a social butterfly. You know, I just, I just like, I just like, I like visiting and talking and hanging out with people. So I think I could have made a good salesman, whether that's, you know, sales and agriculture. Maybe I'm selling. What kind of sales is Coxie doing? Maybe I'm selling uh, smokers. You know, maybe I'm selling fucking dumpsters to restaurants. Who the fuck knows? I think I could have been a good sales guy. For sure. That's it. We'll go back because I know I know this one will fucking hit hit close to home here, maybe with a couple of listeners as well. We're going back going back to the hockey topic here. Uh, mentioned earlier, muckers play a certain style style of game. A lot of penalty minutes, a lot of suspensions, a lot of words are usually said during the game. Um, safe to say that you play that game, Trevor, and you've made the team around your style of play. What's your most memorable coach? that has molded you into that style of play, Trevor? <laughs> well, fuck, there's two. Um, but one guy that I'll, so I'll go out and say, so when I was playing midget, um, we were getting ready for the season and we hadn't, there hadn't been a, a coach named yet. And all of a sudden the, the team I was playing for, so the Central Ontario Wolves, they named this coach, the midget team. And his, his name was Johnny Johnson. Yeah. John Johnson. You heard that crack. So for anybody in the greater fucking like Kawartha area, John Johnson had this reputation of just like, it's not a good reputation, but if you know him, it's not a bad one either. It's, it's really tough to explain it. It is. And anyways, so we had heard because he'd been involved in junior hockey around around the area when my brother was playing and stuff. And he just, like I said, he had this terrible reputation. So my parents were like, I don't know. I don't know if you want to be playing midget for this guy and so on and so forth. So I thought, well, I, so I called and I tried to get my release. Actually, I was going to go to York Simcoe and Johnny wouldn't release me. And I was like, well, I guess I'm playing for you then. And this guy is so old. Actually, he wasn't even that old. He's been oh, like, I was gonna say he was probably only like fifty, but he probably late, looked like mid to, mid to late fifties, maybe when I was playing for him. Just the most the most miserable prick you've ever met in your life. 
so fucking miserable, hated the world, always the victim. Nobody was as smart as he was, but I'll tell you what, I was a John Johnson hockey player. And you're right, Kevin. I, really, the only thing I could do was skate and chirp. That's that's all I was good at. I'd throw my body around pretty recklessly, might I add. And uh, Johnny John, I fucking loved playing for Johnny Johnson. He because he would just be like, Coxie, go out and spear that guy in the fucking throat. And I'd be like, Oh, okay, coach. It's like, like he was he would sort of be joking, but I would just go and do it. And then there'd be a brawl or whatever. And he'd just be like, Jesus Christ, Coxie, I was fucking joking. And like, but Johnny was just, he was, he was old school, very old school, very blue collar, would do anything his fucking, his players asked of him, anything. And the guy was, the guy was a bit of a fucking hooer too, which is like, <laughs> I, so heard, one, I, I heard a reputation about this as well. So Johnny, Johnny was quite the fucking power drill, that old prick. And I don't, I can't understand how, cause he's so miserable all the time. But one thing that was kind of funny and I always felt bad for the guy was, so our captain, his dad was our trainer and his mom was our manager and old fucking power drill. Johnny there started banging the manager and later ended up fucking were they married kevin or were they not married no i don't think they ever got married but yeah so so here's johnny good home when i was playing so here's johnny he's got his captain of his midget team johnny's banging this kid's mom and his dad's the fucking trainer and like i felt so bad i didn't feel so bad for the kid actually but i felt bad for the trainer because Old fucking, this kid's dad was just the world's nicest guy. Like, so nice. Such a good trainer. Like, really cared about the kids and, like, wanted to see the team progress. And here's the head coach just fucking laying the blocks to his old lady. And he knew about it. He had to, he fucking knew about it the whole time. So that's my favorite hockey coach. Old Johnny Johnson, that old and thing. And he's still involved in the game. I bumped into him. Bumped into him last season. He was involved with a team in our division, and he's he's uh, gone down east. He's down east now, but uh, just a just you know what? Just a he just a classic old hockey coach. Stories for days. Um, wasn't scared of the bottle. Wasn't scared to tell. He had the best one liners too. Like Jesus Christ, Cox, you look like a fucking half fucked fox in a forest fire out there. Well, what does the fuck what? What does a half fucked fox like? What does that even mean? A and what does what that look like exactly? So, so like, Johnny like sitting down a well through a tin horn. Yeah, like, what, the fuck? Down a well. what does that mean? <laughs> that was that was his pregame speech when our coach got suspended and he ended up coaching us. Go on, boys, simple hockey like shitting in a well through a tin horn, and we fucking couldn't figure it out for like half the game. <laughs> we were fucking getting smoked. <laughs> it just it like I don't know where he gets this shit from, but I will say. I will say I have implemented some Johnny Johnson sayings and in my pregame speeches, just out of like respect. And my kids look at me and like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'll be like, don't even worry about it. I don't even know what it means. It just sounds cool. So I'll say it. Right. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes the coaches that get you thinking about that during a game and you're just playing loose. Sometimes that's just magic, right? It's like, 
take some pressure off. You're thinking about dissecting a John Johnson line the whole game. And you know, you can you can play some of your best hockey with just, you know, just playing and enjoying it. Like we we had this guy in our team, and I think he listens and and uh, I've never heard a guy come up like have more nicknames. So we had this guy, his name was Nick Kerr. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Sliver listens. And I I like I don't I call him Sliver. Because this fucking kid was so skinny that Johnny called, he's Jesus Christ, Curry looked like a fucking sliver out there. So we started calling him Sliver. But Nick Kerr is also not a very dashing young man. He was, and he wasn't the best looking guy. And Johnny Johnson told me, Jesus Christ, Curry got a face on you like a fucking cabbage. And we're like, what the fuck? So then we started calling him Cabbage Face for the rest of the season. Like, what the, but it just, the shit that came out of Johnny Johnson's mouth is legendary shit. And I know I got some listeners out there that are killing themselves laughing right now, but <laughs> fuck, if I could go back in time and play for one coach in my whole career, fuck, I got to go with Johnny Johnson. Cause just fuck. He just, you never knew what was coming next. No. Well, you thought you guys were hard on the refs, Johnny. So Johnny was our GM when I was playing junior and he got behind the bench because we had a bench clear and brawl. And if you get over what, 150 penalty minutes in a game, your coach gets suspended. And I think we had about 300. So they were gone for a while. Um, Johnny, Johnny coached our team. I don't think other than chitting in the well through a tin horn, I don't think he said one thing to the players. He just blamed everything on the ref and fucking yelled at the ref for about four games straight. That was it. <laughs> I remember one time we were at this, we were at this fucking hockey tournament in downtown Hamilton. And um, right across, we were staying at the Howard Johnson, fucking right downtown Hamilton. And about two blocks down the street and across the street was a fucking porn shop. And we're a bunch of, we're playing midgets. So what, we're like 16, 17, I guess. And so a bunch of us went down the street and we're like looking in the windows of this porn shop. And, you know, always, fuck, we're too chicken to go in or whatever. But we turn around to walk away. And who do we see across the street? With like a fucking a jacket on, like a trench coat, a hat, sunglasses. He's got the collar popped so nobody sees him. Johnny, he thinks we don't notice him. So we walk down the street and we all turn around and he fucking rips right into that porn shop. And I'm talking like not just porn mags and tapes, like toys, dolls, fucking handcuffs, you name it. And there goes Johnny just makes a fucking beeline. Right into the porn shop. I'll never forget. Just trying what, to be Mister Inconspicuous, eh? What, what do you think Johnny's purchase was in there? What do you fuck. think Johnny goes straight for? What wall Johnny headed for? Well, to to fuck you gotta holy fuck <laughs> to figure Johnny Johnson out. You gotta think like Johnny Johnson, right? Johnny, I'm thinking there's. I'm thinking a lot of bondage shit. I'm thinking <laughs> like I he. And I don't know for who, whether it's him or or his, his. Oh, definitely for him. He plays the big tough guy role. He definitely likes getting all but tied up. Fuck me, I'll tell you. I, I it's I it's always wondered about that. Actually, is what did Johnny Johnson buy in the fucking porn shop? It's, uh, it's troubled me for years. Next time I see him, I'm gonna. Next time I see him, I'm gonna ask him. Just a big rubber fist, probably. Just. <laughs> yeah. Fucking... He coached you, Georgie, too. Pardon me. Did he coach you too? He was so he was when I was so he's from Lindsay and I played AAA at Lindsay yeah. and Junior Lindsay. 
Um, so he was a scout for the Belleville Bulls when I was in AAA. And then he was the GM for my tier two team up there. Um, so never, never played for him other than when our whole team got suspended and he had to coach. But uh, no, he was actually my billet up there. So I, got, I had the privilege of sitting at the dinner table with John Johnson, the legend, wow. every night after hockey practice. I had the inside scoop on it. We could have had Wayne Gretzky on our team. And if he didn't like him, he was trading him to Manitoulin Island the next day. <laughs> he's fucking, he's the best guy. The best guy. Fucking Johnny Johnson. Oh, yeah. And it, so, so we should let listeners know we did have this recorded once, but uh, we had some technical difficulties. So we got to redo this. But I know, Derek, you had, you had some questions near the end there that really, uh, that really uh, brought on some conversation. Yeah, well, I, you know, Georgia and I, big fans, longtime listeners of the Cox Talks podcast, right? And and I mean, you know, off to a hot start, I would say. And we wanted to bring some, you know, new ideas, fresh ideas to the podcast here. We think guests are fantastic, right? You've had a wide variety of guests, brought on some guys, kind of, you know, Canadian folks from from all different walks of life. Uh, guests are, are great in, uh, in our opinion here, because, you know, we're here interviewing you, right. And, you know, it's tough to interview you because we listen to you talk every 11 days. And if you don't have a, and if you don't have a listener, you know, tough to get some, uh, tough to get some mic time there and, and, and change up some of the stories, but just, you know, a couple ideas, you can ask them some, some, some random questions, but keep it kind of, you know, streamlined, right. Um, one of the things I'd be interested to know, Trevor, because I think it kind of does define a person. If you were to have, you know, dinner with three people sitting at your kitchen table, right? You're going to cook a mistake. Maybe Jamie's cooking the mistake, or maybe you're having a chef come in and cook you a nice meal. Who would the three people be that you'd like to have dinner with? Dead, dead or alive? Dead or alive. Okay. Well, I'll start with the like the biggest cliche there is here, but I would like to to sit back down with uh, my my grandpa Cox, and the reason for that is the guy just lived and breathed agriculture. He was raised on this farm that we now call the home farm, and I died. Or sorry, I died. He died when I was like nine years old. So I never really there's a lot of just just a lot of questions, not only about agriculture but about family history and the history of this farm i'd like to get into it with into it into it with him but also i've heard stories of grandpa cox and from what i understand he was a bit of a fucking beauty um may or may not have we don't i can neither confirm nor deny that he spent a night in the Lindsay jail one time for getting into a brawl with um with our with our neighbor, with the, the grandfather of my next door neighbor. I won't name names, but uh, just things like that. Just old stories I would I would like to hear from him. And like I say, family history and some history on the farm. So that's pretty cliche. But fuck, I mean, uh, another one is is <laughs> is Wyatt Earp. And Lindy, you always fucking carve me for wanting to be a cowboy. I well, I just, I, I, I like you, uh, love the idea of, you know, being a cowboy, love cowboy movies, right? Big Yellowstone fan. You turned me on to Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah got me into that. 
right? But absolutely. I want to hear more about Wyatt Earp here and why he's sitting at your kitchen table. Because not, not one of the first names that would come to my mind. So not only is Wyatt Earp obviously a cowboy from, from days gone by, but Wyatt Earp is quite possibly the biggest fucking badass there ever was. Like, you know, raised, born and raised in like Missouri or Missouri, however you fucking pronounce it. I don't fucking know. But, um, you know, in and out of jail when he was a kid, um, fell in love. His wife died of fucking smallpox, I think it was. They had to burn the house down. He hunted buffalo for a living. He was a lawman in Dodge City, Kansas, which is arguably the roughest, toughest Western town in the history of like Western cow towns. He was a lawman and he went in and cleaned it up. And then, of course, went to Tombstone, the whole thing. And I mean, listen, say what you want about Wyatt Earp or being a cow, whatever. There's there's so many things that he did. And, and maybe didn't do that. There's so many myths out there about him that you don't really know what's true and what's not true. But what is true is that his, his brother Morgan was shot and killed in Tombstone, Arizona. The members of the gang that shot and killed Morgan Earp mysteriously were either disappeared or were killed for upwards of, I think, 20 years after Morgan after Wyatt's brother Morgan was, was shot and killed. And Wyatt Earp was pretty responsible for a lot of them as he went and he got himself like uh, marshaled, like he was a marshal. So he, it was legal for him to go and kill these guys. But he went on, like he traveled, you know, Western, the Western United States, basically seeking vengeance and got away with it. And I just, just a big badass with a lot of history and very interesting life. I could go on for days about it, but I think one of the reasons that Wyatt Earp would come to your mind and not mine is that I would never pick up a Wyatt Earp book, right? Yeah, but clearly, clearly I'm missing out because that's there's a, mo- there's a movie, Lindy. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I should probably just uh, there is a movie, but I have I have read a biography on Wyatt Earp too, and like, and he was a little shady, like he was he had some back backdoor deals going on that lot not a lot of people know about he was a kind of a shady little motherfucker too which best of both worlds right and then the third guy um geez there's so many options right but i'm probably gonna have to go with like al capone and i can see you giggling lindy like you probably thought it was going to be some athlete or some wrestler. Oh, good pick. Can't argue with him. But, I mean, he was he was America's biggest gangster all through Prohibition, basically. The city of Chicago was basically his, his puppet on a string. Nothing happened in that city without him knowing about it. Nothing happened in that city without him collecting a fucking nickel off it either. So... I would like to be in the little bit of a control freak that I am. I would like to sit down and just kind of pick his brain on, on manipulating people into doing what he wanted them to do. Basically being a bit of a sociopath, I guess you might call it that, that shit. Just like I said, how he got control of an entire city during those times, police judges, the mayor, like you name it. If he didn't have control off it, he was getting paid from it somehow. 
and he was one of the richest men in America at the time. Died of syphilis to in prison, might I add. What a way to go. But uh yeah, just just inter- like just you know what? I don't care what you fucking say, good businessman, plain and simple. Good yeah, businessman. Why why and from a guy that runs a business, it's a legal business, but why wouldn't I want to learn his little tricks of the trade? No question. No question. It's interesting. You went with three people that are not alive. Yeah. Well, people alive, not good enough for each other. Do you relate more with, with an older generation? Cause it seems to me, Trevor Cox may be the last of his kind. Really? <laughs> well, what, I, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, you, you, it doesn't, it's not shocking to me knowing you well, that you go with, you know, three people that are generations before you successful. Well, maybe not your, your, uh, your grandfather there. Right. But I mean, but you can relate at that level. You like, you know, you, you have a good, honest living here. You like to have some good, good, clean fun that we talked about earlier, you know, today's generation of, of hockey players and social media and that. I mean, no, there's there's not many Trevor Cox, you know, lives here that are going to be repeated. But I would ask you, you talked about some myths with Wyatt Earp, some stories, true, maybe not true, right? What do you wish in the Trevor Cox life was a myth? What do you what is there oh. something that has happened that it's like, whoa, maybe maybe that one doesn't need to uh need to live on. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> fuck. That is a good fucking question. Um, oh man, like yeah. So what do what has happened to me, or what have I done that I wish was a myth? <laughs> Holy fuck! How much time have we got? Like, cause there's a lot of things here. I um, who? Jesus, that's this. Uh, I don't know if I can answer this, Derek. That's a pretty slippery slope. And my mom listens and my nieces listen and fucking my aunts listen. And um, we'll give you a, we'll give you a pass there, though. We'll give, give you me a pass because, uh, you know what? I've done. I'll, I'll admit I've done some fucking shitty, despicable things in my life that we don't need to get into. So that's why I say this list could be pretty long. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking take a mulligan on that one. I just I can't gonna, go down. I cannot go down that path. We're gonna we're gonna pass on that one. Great question pass. though. We're Great question. Out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna edit that one out here. You know, took a while to get there too. Oh, <laughs> had to figure out where I was going for a bit there. <laughs> that was a good question though. I'll give I'll give credit where it's due. Really put me on the spot. All right. All right. Um, talked about, talked about, uh, you know, your favorite coaches in hockey, a little bit about, you know, the season with the Bruins there, but what is, do you have a most memorable hockey moment? I do. Yeah. One moment. I got two actually, but one was one going back to Johnny Johnson. We, we had this brawl one time against the Markham Islanders and, and, uh, this one of our players got in a brawl and the goalie, their other goalie went down and picked up our player's helmet and was taking it back to the bench. And Johnny tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, they've got our helmet. And so I just jumped off the bench, went down two handed the goalie right across the arm. He dropped, he dropped the helmet. And then some fucking guy came down and just beat the piss right out of me. 
But um, that was, yeah, I mean, memorable moment just because it was like I thought I was really tough and then I just got the wheels beat off me. That was sweet. But uh, there was a playoff game. Game five, I believe. Oxbridge Bruins versus Napanee Raiders. Um, I think it was Napanee. Yeah, it was Napanee because I was a rookie. I was killing a penalty with Brad Klubine, our, our – uh, Anyways, killing a penalty. Napanee had this fucking defenseman, number 49. And he was supposed to be like the best defenseman who ever lived. Like, so everybody's talked about how fucking great he was. And Kluby and I were out killing a penalty. And Kluby blocked a shot off his shin pads. Dropped right in front of his feet. And he, uh, I started to cut across the center of the ice. And Lindy, or, um... Kluby put a fucking tape to tape pass right on my banana, hit me right in fucking full stride. And I turned on the jets and back to what I said earlier, all I could really do was skate and chirp. That's all I could really do. And I turned the jets on and I blew the doors off this fucking sweet defenseman. That was supposed to be the fucking second coming of, of fucking Nick Lidstrom back in the day. Just burned this poor prick. Took him wide, cut back to the center of the ice, went fucking cheddar on the goalie, stopped in the corner, made it like a three-one hockey game, short-handed goal. I was like, I was, was I was eighteen, I guess. So, in a, in our home arena, crowd went fucking wild. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty good one. That was a pretty good memory. And actually, Derek, I just thought of another one, and I fucking positive you were there for this. Okay. Remember the night in Little Britain when I fought the juice monkey? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that was so... We all thought you were going to get the wheels pumped eh? up. So Little Britain had this this guy, and he might listen to the fucking pot. I hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. He might, though. <laughs> fucking, I'm going to go with it anyways. <laughs> fucking Dan Turcott, and he played for Little Britain. And I'll yeah. tell you what, this guy played midget for Clarington, and him and I would always have... We'd always just, we're just the type of guy. We always butted heads. He actually chased me down the hallway one night in the fucking Clarington rink. And I ran in the room and locked the fucking door. I was scared of him, fucking scared of him. Not going to lie. So we're in little Britain one night and I don't even know how it happened, but him and I ended up dropping the gloves. I think what actually happened was I didn't know who I had a hold of. So I fire the mitts. He fires the mitts. He looks up at me. The helmets come off and he's like, hit me. And I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, fuck because this guy was like rumor has it rumor has it he was on fucking steroids but i know for a fact he this guy was jacked he was kevin he looked like you when you were 20 years old just fucking ripped (laughs) and um he's telling me to hit him and i'm like i don't really want to hit this guy he's gonna beat the fuck out of me right so whatever He, he kept saying it so i i leaned back and I popped him with two and I'm a lefty and he did not see that coming. And he went down on the second one and it was like, I'd let, I let him go. And I fucking beelined right off the ice. Same thing right in the dressing room, shut the door behind me, fucking barricaded it shut. Fucking like, I'm not even sure I took my equipment off. I might've just grabbed my fucking wallet and ran out of the rink, but I know I think he ended up like punching the referee or something on his way off the ice. But yeah, I think he went bananas there. There was a couple games that year in in Little Britain that didn't end too well. One of them every finish. 
everybody in the stands, everybody at the rink that night that I did that to Turcotte, like the place was silent. I remember the whole place being silent when I skated off the ice because I thought everybody, everybody thought I was going to die, including my own teammates, including my own, including my own teammates. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That was, that was a pretty big moment in my career, Derek. Pretty big one. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you and I like to get into and like to chat about, sometimes see eye to eye, sometimes, most of the time I would see eye to eye, but you're a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. You like to, you like to dig deep into the details. You like to ask questions. You don't oh, yeah. take things for face value. You need, you need a couple questions answered before you're sold. So, you know, as someone who's naturally curious, what's something that you think is true that you think maybe nobody else thinks true? Well, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but immediately COVID comes to mind. I mean, I can go on for days with it, but everybody's sick of that shit. Yeah. But one thing I'm 100% positive on, Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang himself. No, not a fucking chance. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure everybody will agree with me on this. But um, it was just today that his wife was sentenced to what, yeah. like 20 years in prison 20 or whatever. Years. And that's what made me think of this. But that whole fucking thing. And I don't know if you've seen that Netflix documentary about him or not. I couldn't even finish that. To be but honest. this this whole this whole circle of what do they call it? Ped- pedophile Island or yeah. whatever. And the names that are associated with that. I'm more thinking, I mean, the list could go on and on of who, of who had him bumped off in prison, but I think it was, I think, I think it was the monarchy. I think the monarchy had him bumped off in prison because Prince Andrew had some pretty dirty hands with this whole situation in pedophile Island. So that's, that's one that I'm quite certain Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. He was he was murdered in prison as basically um, to put an end to all the talk. Because they, I mean, names are coming out, names are coming out, but he really hold held all the evidence, right? Well, yeah, like, well, and then interestingly enough, as well with his wife's trial and everything, like that was super hush hush, no coverage in that. They None. only brought in a handful, like a few witnesses. Like the, it was a, the list could have gone on and on. As some of the people that would have like happily, you know, come come as a witness for the defendants and like no, I don't know if there was no invitations or there's people paid off, right? But I mean, I think there was only five witnesses that came to the stand. Well, and, and, and people that were victims in that would have loved to. And and I'm waiting. It happens all the time. Uh happens all the time i'm waiting for the book or the movie or whatever to come out and it's gonna be revealed that you know all the whistleblowers or all the people that wanted to speak out on it have mysteriously died or disappeared like this shit this and people say all the time oh you've we watched too many movies no this shit actually happens like it it legitimately happens these people, these elitists in the world are so connected and they're so fucking, they control the world. That's the way it is. That's the way I look at it. And there's so many people that can be named in this case that, that uh, have a lot to lose. 
I think he was he was taken care of by uh, but I I think mainly it was it was the monarchy. Well, like I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. Um but this one like it really intrigued me. We'll call it. Like mm-hmm. to look into. Most of them I really couldn't give a shit about, but like this one I watched the Netflix. It was like crazy when you start getting into that power circle that these guys had what what they could really pull off. Yeah, like that, and that's what I mean. Like the shit they're capable of getting done for their own for their own um, leisure, I guess we can call it. It's fucking mind boggling, and it's mind boggling that people allow it to happen, whether they're whether they're elitists or your everyday neighbor next door. It's mind boggling that it's allowed to happen. I mean, I guess that's really not much of a conspiracy, but I mean that's one that I'm I'm quite certain is is bang on. He. There's no fucking way that guy killed himself. Would would you buy Epstein Island if you got a smoking deal on it? Uh no. No? no. Like someone comes no, I don't down, think so. Come, someone comes down the road right now and says, hundred grand, it's yours. You no, wouldn't buy it. Fuck. No. No, I don't no. no. I don't need that kind of fucking drama in my life. And it's just there's oh fuck. No way, man. There's too many people would just come up with their own assumptions on why I'm buying an island. It could have been $25,000 and I probably wouldn't buy it because people would just come up with their own fucking assumptions unless we could buy it and make it like Mudmucker's Island. What if someone gave it to you for free? That, okay, I'd probably take would it. Take if it, it? Was for would free. you take it? Would you take it? Yeah. yeah. You, know, yeah. you know what island's popular these days? I bet you the most Googled island. Do you guys watch Peaky Blinders? No. I want to, but I I tried to get into it, but I I didn't have really. Brittany wouldn't watch it, so I never. As a bootlegging era fan, Trevor Peaky Blinders is fantastic. Yes, I know all about it. I just never been able to watch it. But Miquelon Island, do you know about Miquelon Island? No, just south in Newfoundland. Did you know that there's a French island called Miquelon Island? Don't know if that's how you pronounce it, (laughs) but just south of Newfoundland, right before you hit the Saint Lawrence there. That was like famous for uh, smuggling. And so smuggling booze during prohibition and then got into drugs and everything. But the Peaky Blinder story touches on it. Pretty interesting. That's just the most Googled island. Not that we need to include that in the podcast. Could have gone somewhere if you were a fan. <laughs> no, I, uh, I did not know that. Sorry. All right. I do have a random question for you, though. Maybe just trying to keep things out of left field. What's something that people would be surprised to know about you? You're an open book, so you might have to you might have to think about this one. Something that people would be surprised to know about me. Oh, I'm actually kind of. Um, I have a very good eye. Let's say for interior decorating <laughs> no way no. oh it's fucking... i've been to your house yeah seriously i'm what? not saying i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it you, you didn't decorate that though what i don't know what do you say my house is a shithole i don't understand I'm that not comment saying that. i'm been not saying your, it i've been to your house <laughs> what i don't just because my house isn't in out of a fucking magazine doesn't mean I don't have a good eye for fucking interior Fair design. Enough. Okay. I just don't yeah, can't af- I can't afford 
fucking good interior design. If you showed him a picture of one that he'll tell you if it looks good or not. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I have a, I have a good eye for like, for like, you know, what's, what sconces go with like what shelves and shit like that. Right. Like it's sconces are terrible. I fucking, I'm more, I'm more of a, I'm more of a pendant guy. Like pendant. Yeah. Yeah. I went with a smart mirror to just avoid a sconce and, figuring out what sconces yeah i fucking hate sconces too but but yeah i just i fuck you i like why was your reaction like that i don't understand it was just it was just funny like i said like look you're uh, like all of our houses like there's no awards being made right but you know you have something for interior decorating in that well i don't know you didn't seem to fucking mind my kitchen table or my fucking appliances in my kitchen you thought those were all right i don't so, yeah no like, your kitchen was fantastic i mean i look again nothing against uh <laughs> i mean a kitchen's good for a good round table every once in a while yeah, right so we've had a few good round tables there's nothing uh nothing better spare bedrooms are decorated nicely i mean what like what fucking more do you want from me I had a great time in the spare bedroom, Trevor. Slept right on top of the sheets. There's been a couple guys have great times in my fucking spare bedrooms. Fucking call a spade a spade here. Yeah. Interior design, Trevor, eh? Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Fuck. At least. Well, you know what? You know what? I think I'm pretty good at it. Okay. Yeah. Where Where does that come from? Is that just self-appointed? Or have you decorated somewhere and someone said, hey, you got a pretty good eye for this? Column A, column B, but a little bit of both. Someone called a little bit you of both. Little yeah, bit of help. Yep. No, it's true. It's true. Um, you know what? I'm also a pretty good cook, which I don't know if people know because, like, I I eat out a lot too, right? Like at restaurants. Um, I uh, uh yeah, I'm a I'm a pretty good cook, believe it or not. I I I can handle myself around a kitchen, and what I like to meal to cook. I make a, oh, I make a pretty good, cheesy chicken lime chili. Not what I was expecting. A cheesy That's... chicken lime chili, and I uh, got a pretty good slow cooker mac and cheese recipe actually too. See, yeah, both of those kind of like I was expecting just a big T-bone steak with like a glass of milk right off the farm. No, 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 no. If you're doing steak, it's steak with a side of steak, and I do it in a fucking. <laughs> In an iron frying pan, in an iron pan, and I usually bake my steaks, actually. You sear them off at the end or no? Uh, uh, yeah, usually. It depends. Sometimes I sear them, uh, sear them at the start. Yeah. It all you depends what kind of what I thought maybe tacos and toss salad, but. <laughs> well, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Don't mind tossing a good salad. Every no. Time. Nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing to be ashamed of. No, no, no. Good, a good salad toss and never hurt nobody. That's for sure. So, you guys got any more brain busters for me tonight? (laughs) Fuck. I don't think I do. You set up, you set up the eating out a lot, and I missed it. I was like two or three seconds delayed. But I think I think you set it up on purpose, there. I well, yeah, I was trying to be a funny guy, you know, yeah. trying to and, be a funny uh, guy, and and then yeah, totally missed it, wasn't paying attention. That's all. Right. It's not like you to miss something like that, but I'll give I'll give you it. I'll give it to you this time. <laughs> well, if if that's it, I mean, if you guys don't have any more, 
Is there something, Coxie, that you wish we uh, we came to the table with, an area or a topic that you wanted to touch? Because I, I have no interest in, in your opinion on the Leafs, no interest about the Bruins or Patrice Bergeron or anything like that. Uh, you know, Oxford Bruins wouldn't mind, you know, hearing a little bit about uh, about the boys and how the team's doing and everything. But is there an area that you wish we touched? No, no. I thought um, <clears throat> I thought you guys, you know, you uh, we covered a lot of ground tonight, I feel like, which is good, which is what I wanted. I thought, Lindy, that you were going to go down the agriculture path a little harder, but I'm glad you didn't because... I have a hard time talking farming with you because you just, you just, you're fucking, you're such a city kid. Like you just, you just, you just suck oh, so man. much at it. No, but the you thing is with agriculture with me is that you're starting from scratch, right? But I'm really absorbing it. Like I've learned a lot from you. I ask you a lot of questions. We sit beside each other in the dressing room. I'm, I'm bringing, I bring questions on agriculture to you on a regular basis, right? You, you do, you do. Agriculture and hockey with them. And, and a lot of the times, I, I feel like I give you good answers, too. Agreed. Agreed. I've learned a lot. Like I said, starting from scratch, but, a, you know, a certain appreciation as you, you know, get older in life and mature and understand where the hell the food on your table came from and, and how it's all processed and everything. I mean, got to have a lot of respect for the industry. I, I got a question for you, Derek. Is your, is your wife still trying to bring home organic milk? She, oh, Okay. So since she maybe bought it twice, but at least since I talked to you and told you about the organic milk, there has never been organic milk bought in this house. Is that right? Has there been yeah. organic anything? Uh, oh, the, the organic you know, egg? Maybe like the baby food and stuff like that, or I don't know. I'm sure if you looked up our, my, my five-month-old barley, it probably says the word organic on it. Right. But, but I mean, no, not really. Unless, well, that's there's good. No, unless there's no regular cantaloupe, and maybe we'll wind up with some organic cantaloupe or something. I fucking hate cantaloupe. I find it crazy that there's an organic for everything now. There is. And I mean, yeah. like, is there a reason for this? Do you think that, I don't think, again, from what potentially I've learned from you, though, but there's no real difference between organic in Canada and, and some of the regular things on the shelf. It matters a lot more potentially in the States because of regulations and that, right? And they're held to a different standard than, than the regulations in Canada. But I mean, you're going down an organic milk path. Is there a freaking difference or, or is that just pure marketing? Well, there is a little bit of a difference in organic milk. And uh, there is because it's all based on a cow's diet, right? So a cow has to have a certain diet to be to have her milk classified as organic milk so she can only eat organic feed and so on and so forth right but, but again, i mean like i mean but but okay let's take a fucking organic cucumber for instance okay, okay. i'll just use this as an example <laughs> When most people think organic, they think no, immediately they think no chemicals. Right. Okay. Organic vegetables can still be sprayed with chemicals. The chemicals just have to fall under organic guidelines, I'll call it, for lack of a better term. They're still getting chemicals, but they're getting, and people can't see this because I'm doing the, the, this is radio, air quotes, organic 
chemicals, which actually some of them <clears throat> are actually more harmful than what I'm spraying on my crops. So that is where there's a little bit of a misleading marketing play there. Um, because like I said, when people see organic, they automatically think chemical free and antibiotic free and this and that, yeah, and it goes back to, and back to the whole antibiotic thing. And I think I've discussed this with you too, Derek, like you see, uh, antibiotic free beef and antibiotic free chicken and milk and all that fucking bullshit on the shelves. Well, if I, if I have a cow with an infection and I treat her with antibiotics legally, I cannot ship her to market or butcher her for, th for 30 days. I have to withhold her for 30 days. And the same goes for if I treat a cow with antibiotics, I have to withhold her milk for, I believe it's uh, five days so that right. you don't get antibiotics in the milk and, the, oh, and, 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 and with the whole beef thing. So you don't have, so you don't have antibiotics in your beef. Right. So, all the fucking, all the beef, all the milk, all the, all that shit is, is actually antibiotic free, believe it or not. And the other thing is too, is well, fuck, why you give antibiotics to fucking to your cows and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. You two are both fathers. If your children have an ear infection, what do you do? Yeah. You have to treat it. Yeah. Yeah. Or else what? They go to the natural path. They could possibly fucking die, right? Yeah. So why why should I not treat a sick animal with antibiotics to make it better? Well, it's the same people that don't want you, you know, killing the animals or anything like that, too, right? So exactly, yeah, better than the people complaining are the people who don't eat the animals. Yeah, that's yeah, you know? exactly. But anyways, yeah. So there there you go with your uh, organic can be a little misleading. Yes, but but organic milk, um. Yeah, like there's so many things that goes into a cow's diet to have to have their milk class as organic milk that it's probably milk is a probably a lot closer of an organic product than an organic fucking cucumber, for instance. Yeah, no question. In my general opinion, I don't think any yeah. fucking scientists or agronomists are listening to this podcast. They're going to call me out on it. But uh, so I think I'm pretty safe with that statement. So a lot of people, a lot of people that know you and know me, uh, I spell my last name, Lyndon, L-Y-N. A lot of people mistake Coxland Farms for being co-owned by, by you and I. And, you know, they know I want to be a farmer one day. I don't think that's I don't true. have it in me. I don't think that's true, man. But the whatever. But the Cox Lindy if, Farms. If it was Cox Lindy Farm, I would have a horse. I would oh. definitely have a horse. For sure, why? and and why? I wouldn't quite be a cowboy. I get it, but you know, I, that's everyone. You, you have know, a horse, like, why are we... cowboy. I got cowboy boots, cowboy hot hat. Like, why don't you have a horse? You have to chase cows. The other day, the cows got oh, out of the fuck. gate. You left the gate open. You're running through the mud. Like, you need a fucking horse, man. Well, here's the thing about that, Derek. If I took the fucking time to go and saddle my horse and fucking get it ready to chase cows, the cows would be even fucking gone further. So it's easier to just slide into the Crocs, leave them on sport mode, which was a huge fucking mistake, and go chasing these fat pricks through a cornfield beside my house. Um, I don't have a horse because I, I 
I can't ride a horse, Derek. Okay. <laughs> I have rode a horse, but I can't ride a horse. If that, if that makes sense, the horses I've rode have been like Canadian rodeo champion horses. Like, it's just like, like I, I just sat on them. They did all the work. I just looked really fucking good sitting there. Right. So I don't have a horse because I don't know how to ride a horse. And no, I, it's it's too rare that I have to chase cows that I need a fucking horse, and horses but, are fucking stupid anyways. So. And you don't walk you don't walk to the main barn though, right? So your house you're on the property, the Cox and Farms property, right? The compound. It's quite a hike. Yeah. It's quite a hike to get to work. So you're driving. Yeah, you know who'd get there nice and easy? A horse, Trevor. Yeah, direct line, <laughs> right? Oh, you guys are fucked. That's no, I'm not. I mean, you're not wrong, but you're not fucking right either. Right. Like what if my horse gets out in the middle of the night, then I go, can't get to fucking work in the morning. You got to have two horses, Trevor. Everyone knows. Oh, so now, now I should have two fucking horses, but you got to get the main horse with the backup horse there. Like all the shows I've watched, like Yellowstone, it's already saddled up, ready to go. Any emergency exactly. in the night. Like that kid's yeah. out there getting it ready. Like all you need is just some kid out there ready to throw the saddle on. Something happens. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin. We'll make we'll strike a deal here. <laughs> when your young daughter gets old enough to come and live at the Coxlin at, at Empire here, and she learns how to saddle a horse, I will buy a horse and I'll fucking ride that thing to work every day if she saddles it for me. So Here's the deal, Trevor. I guarantee you my daughter is never coming to live at your house. <laughs> um, I do know someone whose daughters, they she'd be happy no, to send them there. <laughs> no, you're not sending your fucking sister's daughters here. This isn't a she petting zoo. Her kids to grow up on a farm, Trevor. This is not a fucking petting zoo, Kevin. Okay. We're very military-like around Cox Lynn Farms. And... Um, yeah, no, we take some visitors sometimes, but uh, no, not a petting zoo. Not- How many people work for you? So we have um, four. Yeah, I guess we got four, four employees. And then my dad, myself, and my brother. Yeah. And my mom. And my mom. And my mom. You bet. Yeah. And, and have you had a, have you had a, uh, a female worker before? We've had a couple female. Really? And do they speak like teeter? (laughs) No, no, they do not speak like teeter. We had, we had one girl. um, She was probably pretty close to teeter. um, But no, none of them, none of them fucking speak like teeter. No, no. We all, you know what? We actually sometimes when, for working around the barn, we actually prefer female employees because they're they're just a lot more patient with the livestock. They're a lot um, gentler with the livestock. Yeah, it's just it's just they have a calming influence around the barn. Believe it or not, I don't doubt that. Don't doubt You're so, telling me you, you and your brother don't aren't a calming influence. No, nope, that's <laughs> the, exactly the opposite of the term i would fucking use for that yes opposite well listen i think uh i think we should wrap this up i think it was a pretty good little interview uh how how do you guys feel it went 
Well, it was good to uh, good to break the ice here on the Cox Talks podcast. Uh, it is not easy. It's not easy to be coming up with material and keep the flow going. So hats off to you, Trevor, with what you're doing here. Uh, again, George and I are going to be supporting uh, every step of the way, every episode. You know, supporting your sponsors, uh, which which we've noticed have dwindled off a little bit. So yeah. uh, you know, we'd love to get with. <laughs> Maybe IBM wants to sponsor me. Maybe <laughs> Traeger Grills wants. To. Maybe I should get a free barbecue for having. Uh, you know, oh, that's second I'm just time saying. That up. Yeah, <laughs> well, get ready for the third, fourth, and fifth too, because they're coming. Free barbecue. I didn't think you'd use it. Well, I might. You never know. I might just sell the fucking thing too. Well, listen. Thank you guys. That was fun to be interviewed for a change. That was interesting. Um, I I think uh, I think it's a pretty good little episode. I do say so myself. So thanks for taking the time, guys. Thanks for coming on. Kevin George, like you're right up there. One more episode and and uh, you will tie Rolly McFadden for most appearances on the Cox Talks episode. Derek, man, you're just getting started, but you 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 could slide in here as a staple on the Cox Talks podcast. Oh, wow. Love to be a part of it. Love to get ingrained with the Cox Talks listeners here. And uh, I think you're doing some good work. And appreciate the opportunity. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks a lot, Trev. So there you have it, folks. That is the interview with me, Trevor Cox. And uh, listen, I know Kevin and Derek had a real good time doing it. And listen, we just scratched the surface there. I got I'm a I'm a pretty deep guy. I got a lot of depth going on here. There's a lot of topics I could cover. But we didn't want to, uh, you know, we didn't want the episode to run too long. We didn't want people to get tuned out. I hope you had a good time listening because we had a good time doing it. We drank some beers. We drank some wine. But we sat down and, and we hashed that out. And it was it was a good time. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that is the, uh, listen, that's the Cox Talks episode for this week. Episode, fuck, I don't even know what episode we're at. Um don't, don't forget, we do still have some hats for sale. If you want a Cox Talks hat, please, by all means, get a hold of me. And as always, fan feedback, just send it my way. Good, bad, the ugly, got thick skin, I can handle it. Send me the feedback. Love the feedback. Big feedback guy. And yeah, stick around for the next episode. Thanks for listening. As always, a quick in and out. Like I said, uh, longer episode. Don't want to bore you guys too much. Maybe I already have. Maybe I've already lost you. But uh, in and out this time around. Hope you enjoyed listening. Thanks for listening. And don't forget the most important thing about the Cox Talks podcast. Tell your fucking friends. Tell your fucking friends about the Cox Talks podcast. Thanks for listening. Soundstripe.